Hi, this is Craig Emmel here. Welcome to Diverse Thinkers Podcast. I am in New- Manchester, New Hampshire today with Maureen Beauregard, founder and president of Families in Transition, and Brewster alum Michelle Tawani, vice president of economic development and marketing, and also a Brewster Academy graduate in the class of 1989. Some might remember her. At her last name was then Giannone. 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 Gotta say it with finesse. Giannone. Giannone. Yeah. So then that was that was uh, those were our two guests there piping in already. I can tell this is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> I've gotten to know both Michelle and Maureen through their work with Families in Transition. Families in Transition is a network of homeless shelters for families who are in transition in New Hampshire, and now they have 25 facilities across New Hampshire, the most recent of which, perhaps, is in Wolfboro. Is it the most recent of which? Well, we actually uh, one-upped it, and our most recent now is in Manchester. Most recent is in Manchester, but just last year, Mm -hmm. uh, they were responsible for opening a shelter in Wolfboro for families. And uh, I'm really grateful that you're taking time out of your busy schedules to talk to me. Absolutely. So let's let's begin with uh, where it all began, actually, with you, Maureen. In 1991, you mm. were probably nine years old in 1991. Oh, I love you. Yeah. And <laughs> and you He's were you were working with five women and their children. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. And this. What has become a huge nonprofit in New Hampshire began. Tell me how, wh- why? I mean, you're talented. You could have done a lot of different things. You clearly could have been on the radio. So mm. <laughs> let's hear the story. Um, actually, there's a picture over the air of myself and the five women that I first started out with behind that orange photo right there. You can, that's me <laughs> uh, back in the day. And um, so I had worked. Uh, doing child protection uh, prior to starting Families in Transition, and it was just it was just really super hard, and um, it was a, a system that really concentrated on what you weren't doing, the things that you were doing wrong, versus the things that you were doing right, and built on your strengths, and um, so it um, so that was super hard, and um, and and, it, and sometimes a little dangerous depending on you know uh, what kind of fathers you may have been dealing with um, I was also a substance misuse counselor and again it's a system that's based on what you don't have you're not making your bed you're not you know putting the peanut butter away so you have to go to bed at seven o'clock and it's like really that's gonna keep them off math you know what I mean so those two things uh, really had an effect on me because they were just not about positivity and moving people forward I had also grown up in foster care, so um, I knew what it felt like to be on the inside of those um, these institutions, whether they're state or not. Um, and I just really wanted to do things differently than what I experienced as a kid and as an, a young adult. So I answered an ad to create a program for homeless women and children called Transitional Housing. I had no idea what it was, but I really was excited to do it. Um, and it afforded me the opportunity to really exercise that, um, that strength-based muscle that, um, that I knew I wanted to put forward, not only in my life, but teach others about it. And um, within a few months, I took on another program. And then within 
three and a half years or so, it was determined that the program would spin off onto its own. And I was tasked with creating a steering committee that would then become a board of directors. I had no idea what a board of director was. I had no idea what a not-for-profit was. I had no clue about what the IRS 501c3 was, but I was very curious. So I got to do that. And you know, here we are, 1991. I'm, I'm going, I'm in my 28th year now. And um, it has been one awesome wild ride. And what's really cool about it is I believe very strongly that, um, again, based on my own experience, experience working with others, that um, we really need to be in, in community with one another. Um, and people need to know they matter. And to me, that's the strength of the programs that we run and the strength of Families in Transition. Now it's Families in Transition New Horizons because we merged with the state's largest shelter. And, um, um, and the growth of Families in Transition, I always get all the credit, when in actuality it's about, um, you know, in order to keep it, you let it go, you give it away. And uh, we just keep giving it away. And the more you give it away and let people know how they can help, the more they want to help. So it's really been 28 years of that. And, uh, and I feel very blessed to you know, be the president of the organization and to keep watch over it during my tenure and to leave it in a strong place when I, you know, when I retire. Well, it's interesting because we, uh, we got to know each other because you were mm. in the process of helping uh, families in transition bring Hope House mm -hmm. to Wolfboro. Mm -hmm. And that, watching the public processes around that and watching your agency in the public processes and your humanity in the public processes, you were simultaneously bringing all of yourself to the work, but also asking for others to bring mm -hmm. themselves to the work. And I was really interested in, 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 in that as a community building endeavor. And of course, I, I got so swept up in it. I was at the, all the town meetings. Yes, you were. It was wonderful to have you be a part of it. And, and it was not because I was the head of school. It was because I, you know, to tell you the truth, I saw someone, you know, that I really believed in. Thank you. Right? And, and God, I'm getting them. <laughs> Edit that one out. But, it, but there, there is something, uh, there's a fullness of purpose about that that is really admirable. And I, and I'm, I'm curious about, um, why Wolfboro? Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Why is it that you, of uh, you know, there are there are a lot of saloons and a lot of towns. You know, what what is it about Wolfboro that made you think that that was the place for? You know, I have to. This is one I give away because it was actually um, folks in Wolfboro that came to us and said, "Would you do something?" Um, there was uh, a woman who was walking with a with a group of women walkers and heard about the fact that there are homeless children in the school system, and she was like, homeless in Wolfboro? And of course, we know that. We know that wherever you are, there are folks who are homeless, whether they're children or, or individuals. And uh, so they came to us, um, and they came and spoke to the board of directors, they got a tour, um, and then the really hard part was that uh, we said yes, but you are gonna have to work super hard to make this happen. And, um, and honestly, if it wasn't for the community of Wolfboro, I wouldn't have stuck with it because there were times where it got really hard. Um, but the, the spiritedness, the kindness, and I'm not just pumping sunshine here, I really mean this. Um, the sense of community was overwhelming. And I will jump on that bandwagon 100 times over 
So it was easy to um, to jump on that and be a part of something so positive and wonderful, honestly. And I remember seeing you at all the meetings um, and having an organization like Brewster, um, you as an individual and the um, the institution show up and say, uh, yes, this is happening in our town. Thank you very much. It really goes a long way. And a lot of people put their name on the line. Um, and that is where the rubber hits the road. Um, so when you go by, you know, Laner Street and you see Hope House, it really, the community is the one that did it. Um, we just got to, like, come along for the ride and see all these wonderful people in motion, honestly. It was pretty amazing. Well, that's pretty generous of you because I think you might have had a little bit more to do <laughs> than just play, pay witness. But, Michelle, I'm really interested. So you, you were a Brewster graduate, and you graduated in, uh, about a couple of years before... Uh, your colleague here actually began in her work. Could you ever have imagined a, a homeless shelter appearing in Wolfboro when you were a student at Brewster? Well, in all honesty, I don't think I was mature enough to realize what was outside of campus. Um, so probably not. You know, I just think that... Um, I just don't, I don't think I could look up and out at that point. I didn't really know much about homelessness. It wasn't um, something that was on the forefront of my mind, but I'll tell you as an alumni, I'm so proud that the uh, school really got behind um, the program. And I was saying to Maureen before you got here, it was like, I was so proud that my school was one of the first to throw their names in the hat to say, we support a homeless shelter in our community and in downtown. Um, in the heart of Wolfboro, you were willing to put your, your personal name, the school name, to say, we see a need and we're willing to, to back this. Well, we, we do believe that we are a, a private school with a public purpose, right? It's really that simple. We believe that it's not just our responsibility to, to raise kids. Yeah. It's our responsibility to, to raise kids into great adults by actually helping them to understand the realities of the, of the real world, the actual world. And, and that's so much of what drives me mm -hmm. is to get kids off of our campus and outside of the bubble and into the world, into dialogue, into relationships, building community where, where it really matters because so many of these kids are uh, from privilege. So many of them are not. But so many of our kids are from privilege that they they've lived in uh, safe little enclaves in which in which their 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 worries are not real worries, mm -hmm. right? And 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 I think that there's an awful lot to be said for the uh, just let helping them to get into the stream, get into the flow, have this mm -hmm. be part of their work, part of their thinking, and and I'm really curious about. Uh, couple questions. First, I'd love to know a little bit about how you got into this stream, into sure. the flow of work, uh, given everything we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So I, after I left Brewster, I went to college, and but I, I have to say that I grew up in a family that volunteerism, there was no name to it, we just did it. So it was sort of in my blood to do. 
And so my career track sort of has always been in, in the nonprofit sector. And uh, before I started working uh, for Families in Transition, I worked in an organization that was a funder. So I knew about the organization. I was the external relations director there. And anytime uh, Families in Transition put in a grant request, I could see the grant writers clamoring over who was going to actually review um, the, the, the asks by the organization and how well respected the organization was. And um, then Maureen and I went through a program called Leadership New Hampshire. And I got to know Maureen and halfway through the program, she said, someday we're gonna work together. I wasn't looking for a job. Um, I was happy in my job, but um, she mentioned it and we stayed in touch and two years later, she called me and said, I've got the job for you and I haven't looked back. It's opened my eyes to um, the need in the state um, and how so many, it's, it's everybody's issue. Anyone could become homeless, really. Um, homelessness doesn't discriminate and um, you know, people who are homeless look like you and, you and me. You know what I mean? It, they, it's not that stereotypical um, that people think about the shopping cart. And it's it can be anyone, especially families living in cars. And I think about Wolfboro in that area, and I don't think, I didn't think about homelessness in that area. Um, but I do now because I know for a fact there are families in that area who are hungry, who are living in tents, who are living in cars. And the fact that we have a seven-bedroom uh, shelter for those families in the Governor Wentworth Regional School District now makes me really happy and I love the fact that the students are really wrapping their arms around volunteering um, for with us and um, and really supporting the organization. Well I'd love to talk a little bit more about that very matter that you just brought us to mm -hmm. and that is students are involved and and both Hope House and Brewster have been really patient and careful about curating the relationship so that we don't uh, break any promises, so that we serve the kids and families at Hope House in ways that they need to be served. So we've been on this path, and that's involved our having our students and, and some supervision there doing reading a couple couple nights a week, and apparently it's been really well received. Mm -hmm. I, I follow along carefully, and we hope to, as is appropriate and as, as is needed by the, the residents of Hope House, grow our relationship in a manner that allows us to, to really be everything that we possibly can be in service to the broader vision that you have for Hope House. I'm curious if, if both of you can give us some sense of what success will look like. If, if you squint your eyes and imagine in two or three or four years, what will that relationship look like? How will we know when we are really getting it right? I, I appreciate how you said that, the re that our relationship is growing accordingly and that we're taking it step by step. It's not going to be a flash in the pan, oh, bang, look what we did, and then let's move on. The only way that it can be successful is if we do this step by step. Um, you know, there it's seven families in this family shelter. Um, and if, when I look down the road, I look at, it's a mutual thing, right? It's, you know, kids volunteering and then kids learning. So we have some stake in this as well. Mm -hmm. I did a presentation to, you know, uh, all of the, all the kids at, at your, all the students, sorry. Um, and um, these are our next generation of leaders. And I appreciate that we're taking this slowly and we're looking at opportunities 
for them to learn because they need to learn because they're the ones that are going to be making the decisions. What I also love, too, is that um, you were able to take kids out of that rural setting and you brought them to urban Manchester um, and were able to go to probably the most difficult neighborhood in New Hampshire um, and really open their eyes to um, an even bigger world than that of Wolfboro. So I envision us, you know, getting deeper in relation um, when we look at Hope House, but it's my hope, Craig, that we can look at all of what we do and really help to be a part of your learning. Like how can we become a class at Brewster, not just in Wolfboro, but here in Manchester? Like literally our family shelter is in the worst neighborhood in New Hampshire. Um, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our shelter is the largest shelter for individuals in the state, and it's awful. And we are going to transform that. What a thing for kids to witness. You know, human dignity. We, we have, um, we're going to be participating in homeless outreach in Wolfboro. Um, it would be interesting to set up some sort of um, uh, supervision, learning, and have those kids help with that. Can they go out and help with uh, homeless outreach? Not just there, but in an urban setting as well. We can be a class for the kids and the teachers. And the, the, the last three words of Brewster's mission are lives of purpose. We aspire to prepare kids for lives of purpose. And it seems like there's no better way to prepare kids for lives of purpose and to then to hold up great examples like yourselves who have done work changing the underlying conditions for those who are most vulnerable. But certainly, I'm, I'm, I think that there are, there are ways that we can actually make this road a really interesting one if we continue to collaborate. And I mm-hmm. hope that you w- would both be willing to lean into this on, uh, on behalf just not just of our students but of of uh, Brewster's broader public purpose because we are trying to set the example for other schools mm. who are not uh, we don't believe schools should be enclaves of, of self-aggrandizement and self-reinforcing values but rather it, it, out in the world and and I think this could be a really wonderful way to to continue down that path I think teaching kids to be humble is so important mm-hmm. And really, our purpose on this earth is to love and be loved and to serve others. And if you do that, everything equals out. And um, and I think that we really need to teach kids about their part in that two-part agreement there. Well, it's it's wonderful to hear that because I'm uh, we're sitting in in Maureen's office, which also functions as a conference room, and there are there is a a Wagmore Bark Less bumper sticker and a coaster, a refrigerator magnet that says, what if we just acted like everything was easy? And perhaps those are the two, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the two ideas that anneal what you just said really nicely because um, it is about you know, loving and being loved and it is about you know, serving others. And uh, those are uh, very appropriate ways to transition to the final question, which is, um, what do you love most about this work? There's so much to love about this work. Um, I feel, I feel so alive when I can engage with our participants. 
um, and have a positive interaction with them, whether they're at our the largest homeless shelter in New Hampshire and individuals that are coming off the streets literally freezing, coming in for a warm meal, staying the night. And um, some people would shy away from that. I don't. I actually, I'm drawn to it. Um, and I feel the same way about Hope House, too. Um, and so I feel like, and especially the kids, so hearing kids laugh. I mean, we're, our offices are below some of our housing, and we can hear when the kids get off the bus because you can hear the thud, 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 them running up and down the hallways to get home. And the fact that we can provide while they're with us a solid foundation, a roof over their head, case management to help the parents get on their feet again to move out into the community and be successful in however they define success. That, to me, um, is, is why I do what I do. Um, I love the feeling of um, knowing when someone knows that they matter. And whether it's a child, an adult, um, the homeless guy, David, that lives down on the sidewalk, um, there's something that, um, that I just love, even if it's fleeting, even if they can't hold on to it, that they know that they matter. Um, because the folks that we work with, people don't see. Um, and I really think that the road up and out of homelessness is knowing that you matter. So that, that's it for me. Well, I don't say this often, nor do I say it to many people, but bless both of you and know that <laughs> your work really matters. And I'm, I'm happy to, to consider, consider you uh, co-conspirators awesome. in this life. And, uh, and I hope that we can see each other in Wolfboro and all other points in between. And I also want to thank uh, the audio engineer, Lynn Palmer, and the producer, Nancy Hughes, who are sitting here with us. And that's all for this edition of Diverse Thinkers Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.